Welcome to Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Dana Wilson, and I move people. I am all about the tools and techniques that empower tomorrow's leaders to make the work of their dreams and live a full life while doing it. So whether you're new to the game or transitioning to your next echelon of greatness, you're in the right place. Friends, wow. I am so glad that you are joining me today. By the way, hi, Dana here. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you're here because I didn't even know how much I needed to hear what our guest today has to say. So I'm going to go ahead and bet that you could use an ear full of Maude Arnold right about now. Um, Maude is a tap dancer, an actress, a writer, a COO. Uh, and as you're about to find out, she is the unofficial spokesperson of choosing the bright side. <laughs> she is so damn bright. Oh my goodness. Maude and I together? <laughs> This episode is high voltage, my friend, and I am so excited to share it with you. But first, wins. We start every episode with wins here at Words That Move Me, and today I'm celebrating a very special one. Today, I am celebrating dancers owning their careers. And I know that sounds really corny. I wish you could see the sincerity in my face. I'm tearing up actually. Um, because when you face what I am talking about, when you actually see it happening, it is quite a powerful thing. Um, <laughs> on January 13th, I hosted the first free Words That Move Me coaching call of the year. And I was thrilled by the turnout. I was inspired by the way that the dance community is investing in itself, in themselves, in, in yourselves. <laughs> The support was so real. The vulnerability was also so real. And I think if I were to to reach and say the empowerment and the progress were also very real. So thank you all for coming. And if you couldn't make it or if you completely missed it altogether, if you had no idea this even happened, and, and if you're curious if you want to get your feet wet in some career coaching, don't miss another one. Sign up for my mailing list at thedanawilson.com, and you'll be there for the next one. Um, that said, though, you don't have to wait for the next free one. You can sign up for the Words That Move Me community literally anytime. Um, memberships start at $3 a month, so it's like kind of close to free. Like it's Really almost free, kind of almost $3 more than free. Um, I'll be sure to link to all of those membership details in the show notes to this episode. But yeah, if you're if you're itching for it, if you're feeling stuck or overwhelmed or confused about where to go and what to do with regards to your lovely creative career, then come and get that coaching. I'm here for it. I am here for you. That is what I'm celebrating today. Bravo. Now you go. 
what is going well in your world. Congratulations. I am so glad you're winning. Keep it up. Keep crushing. All right, now let's do this. Maud Arnold is the co-founder of Chloe and Maud Productions and the Chloe and Maud Foundation. And if you didn't put the two together by now, Chloe Arnold and Maud Arnold are indeed sisters. <laughs> I actually slip up in this episode and call Maud Chloe. <laughs> Classic sister switcheroo. Happens all the time, they say. Uh, anyways, I had Chloe on the podcast way back in episode three. And to this day, that is one of my favorite episodes. So if you haven't heard that one yet, check it out right after this one. Because it is truly wild how similar these two women are, and yet so remarkably different. So remarkable, period. Um, I cannot wait for you to hear what Maude has to say about optimism, about authenticity, about being a boss, literally. Um, so, so let's uh, get down to business, I suppose. Please enjoy this conversation with the one and only Maude Arnold. Holy smokes, Maud Arnold, you know what? You might win for number of reschedules, <laughs> for number of move-arounds, move schedules, schedule shifts. Um, but I'm so, so glad to have you here. Maud Arnold, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dana. Uh, and thank you for um, rescheduling with me so many times. Uh, you know no, how it goes. Oh my goodness, at, at least half of those were mine. <laughs> You know, it's because we're busy, and that is a blessing. So, I am in agreement with that. I do think we kind of, in our pre-roll to this conversation, we're talking about like, how do people do it? How do people who do all the things do all the things? Because we're trying to do some of the things. Right, <laughs> <and> it's a <laughs> struggle some of the times. I mean, I watched <laughs> Debbie Allen. And this mm -hmm. woman does everything. And everything. I don't understand. I still don't understand at 71 how you can executive mm -hmm. produce one of the biggest shows on television and then still cook dinner for your family. Like, who is yeah. she? And then also who run a she? dance school. That as well. <laughs> Chloe was telling me a story on the plane on the way back from NYCDA one weekend. Um, she and I finagled seats next to each other nice. and people must have just <laughs> really not been our nonstop chatter but she told me debbie allen hand writes invitations mm -hmm. to her events and then hand writes thank you cards to people who and donated right. and came to the event this conversation with your sister is the reason why i bought words that move me stationary so i can be handwriting you a thank you note after this very call amazing holy Crap. And last okay. night, I was writing uh -huh. thank you cards with one of my people that works with us because I have really bad handwriting. So it would be like chicken scratch. and uh -huh. I, But every note is completely personalized. 
Love. Wait, so someone else wrote them, yep. but you... I just gave away my secret. It's okay, because you know what? Anybody who knows me knows that my handwriting is like a lawyer's or a doctor's. But everything that is... I typed up every note mm-hmm. that she transcribed. The sentiment is personal. Oh, completely. And, and yours. Thank you, gifts. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, so, you know, we are becoming people who do all the things. <laughs> I think it is an absolute boss move to have someone else handwrite your personalized like invitations and thank you cards we should all aspire and to i this hate her and it's great she has this is what i'm talking about amazing handwriting and you know it's great extra money for her it stresses me out because i'm like they're not gonna be able to read this and it all just works out and then you get my sentiment because like in one of the letters, she was like, Ma, did you mean to write Ride or Die? And I said, oh, yes, that's one of my close friends. But she helps our that's foundation our a lot. And she said, okay, I just want to make mm-hmm. sure. Because it was professional mm-hmm. oh. letters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this. Okay. I might be um, asking for the name of this person. We'll talk I later. I got you. Anyways, <laughs> uh, here's how, how we begin. Other than with that lovely conversation about stationery and letters, <laughs> All right, here, here is how it goes. On the podcast, all of my guests introduce themselves. Mm-hmm. Some people find that daunting. Some people find it liberating. It's the top of the year. I think it's a great time to introduce ourselves. Um, I'm actually kind of jealous that you get to do this and I don't. Everybody here <laughs> knows me for the most part. <laughs> so go ahead and hit me. With, uh, what, what do you want us to know about you, Maud? My name is Maud Arnold. I am from Washington, D.C. I currently live in Los Angeles and New York City. I'm a professional tap dancer, philanthropist, entrepreneur, and tech investor, and creator mm-hmm. of things. And I am mm-hmm. an expert in joy. But you know, mm. Dana, how you said everybody here knows you. You know what it made me think of? You know how Jay-Z has that famous song that always plays at the club and he says, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove. They call me Hove. See, he reintroduced, to the he reintroduced himself. I used to, that's true. And allow me to reintroduce myself. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, this is actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because I just re-recorded new ins and outs for the podcast. Awesome. Like reintroducing the podcast and... Uh, you know what? Actually, this is very cool. Every so often, I would say every year, but it's more often than that, I focus on and refine my idea of my future self. Mm. I have several different techniques for doing this, but one of the ways that I do this is simply write about a handful of people that I really admire. Mm. I explain why I admire them, what it is that they do, how they operate, you know, the the qualities of them that make them so admirable to me. And then I just switch their name out for my name and I switch they with me or I. And then I see how those things line up. Sometimes there are glaring like, no, that ain't true. No, that's no, no, you can't say that quite yet. But there, but then in, in other areas, I'm like, oh, no, that actually is me. Like I, like we just did with Debbie Allen, like how, how do you become someone who does all the things? And then you found out, wait, oh, no, 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 I actually, actually definitely do all the things. <laughs> um, so that perspective shift is really cool. But one of the people on my future self maps 
was your sister, Chloe Arnold, who Aww. has been on the podcast before. And I know that you guys, obviously, being sisters, have a lot in common in terms of your values, mm-hmm. your um, default mode, just mm-hmm. in terms of personality. You both strike me as borderline perpetually optimistic. You we are, are bright side people. We are, we are right? relentless. We will we'll not give it up. The joy. Right. Was this something instilled in you from the very beginning? Is this something you found or cultivated together? Like, what is this joy thing for you? Well, it's so interesting because my mom has always said that I like came out of the womb like this. Well, I came three weeks mm. late. So that's also why my mom says I'm a procrastinator. But Oh, because you were chilling. I was chilling. And I was like, really? I was like, butterball. I was like, really chubby. I weighed almost 10 pounds. It was very cute. But like, she's like, you waited. She's like, you've always taken your time and done the way, the things that you want to do the way you want to do. And hmm. I think that, you know, Chloe and I grew up poor and without a lot of material things. Um, but our mom never let us play the victim in that and always made us either see the bright side or create the bright side. And so I think that's Mm. why we are so, um, committed to that as adults, you know, remember Mm -hmm. back in the day, Toys R Us and they say, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. And I'm like, we believe, why do you have to grow up? Obviously you have to pay bills, but why do we feel like we have to lose that child like curiosity Um, Because so much joy comes from curiosity. Who are you? Mm -hmm. You know, what makes you tick? Oh, what is this? How does this work? How do you know, what is this place like? I want to travel there. What does this language feel like in my mouth? Mm. And I feel like if you don't lose that curiosity and you're committed to joy and using joy as the barometer of your life, then you just do it every day and it becomes habit. I love that idea. And I love creating curiosity as a mode for forward motion, mm-hmm. um, self-improvement, mm-hmm. exploration, and like creating new circumstances for yourself. Absolutely. Because you can create, I have this mug and it says, I have two mugs in one and I got my home goods. Um, there's not an advertisement for them, but I'm just saying like, if you ever need like something that uplifts you that, and you small budget, go to home goods. And I have one mug that says sunshine. And then I have another mug that says create your own sunshine. So on the Mm. days that I'm like, "Mm, I need to create it. I use that mug for my tea. (laughs) And then on the days where I like, Oh, I am shining. I am the sun. I use that mug. (laughs) I really would just love to take a peek in your what what, cupboard. um, cupboard? Are we old? So I'm like my cupboard. I think cover. Okay, will you do me this? Because it would be fun to pair this episode with our favorite mugs. I have a handful of favorite mugs as well. And it is. It's interesting. Like, sometimes I do it consciously. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, this, you know, it's inappropriate, but I'm going to say it. Um, I got as hand-me-downs from my mom. I don't know where she got them, but a series of mugs that have animal orgies on them. <laughs> And you don't actually know that that's what you're looking at because they're kind of artful line drawings. And I have, there are bears, bunnies, and elephants. And I only have, I think one of my other siblings has another one of them. But I have bunnies and bears. 
Um, <laughs> and that. it's hysterical to me because you really do have to look closely to see what exactly is going mm-hmm. on. And so when I'm feeling mischievous or sneaky or like, mm, I kind of like maybe kind of want to put a middle finger up to the situation. I, I am drinking from an animal orgy mug, fully on Zoom calls, <laughs> casual, professional, And they artful, don't know. They don't know. And they don't know. But they do now. <laughs> well, they do now. And now they know that maybe if you have an animal orgy mug, they need to get it together. It might be a sign. Okay, so coffee mugs aside, I think you're you're a, a principled person who thinks deliberately, acts accordingly. And this is something I admire about your sister as well. Um, I just, I'm attracted to it. I'm very attracted to it. But you and I actually haven't got to log as many hours as Chloe and I have because she and I work together. Um, so I want to get real and authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to like place myself where you were about, what is this now, three months ago? How long ago did you guys wrap? We wrapped in October, end of October. So yeah, three months ago, two months ago. So two months ago, you were working on a massive Apple feature film called Spirited, starring Ryan Reynolds and I can't even, I'm so jealous because Will Ferrell is like top of the tops for me. Um, And I know so many of my listeners, A, want to be working on feature films, want to be living by coastal, want to be, you know, in the places and spaces that you are working in. So without asking you to tell me everything, (laughs) tell me everything. Like, how did you wind up on the project? Um... What were the skills that you felt really prepared with? Is there anything you would do differently? Is there anything that like totally crashed and burned? I, well, one, I have to say, oh, and also Octavia Spencer is starring in the film too. She's incredible. (gasps) Thank you for saying that. (laughs) That is massively important. She's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. I mean, Oscar winner. It's insane. Phenomenal. And phenomenal Phenomenal. human being. Like so sweet. Mm. She posted Chloe yesterday on her Instagram Talking about something, I can't wait till mm-hmm. y'all see this movie. Wait till you see what Chloe Arnold did. Get her now before you miss out. You know? Yes. Before let's the price go. is too that, high. <laughs> that type of elevating. Mm-hmm. Chloe freaking Arnold has been out there in the world elevating people, sharing people's talent on her platform, giving people opportunities. And now that is what is being returned to her. This is a brilliant example of that. And I've always looked to her as being a person who does that very well. And I'm so glad to hear that that is being returned no, in mean, her direction. It's, it's so cool. And you are absolutely right. And again, we learned that from our mom and Debbie Allen and our dance teacher, Miss Tony Lombre growing up. It was like, you are your sister's keeper. There's no competition amongst, amongst, you know, people you love. You're only in competition with yourself. So if you're not elevating those around you and you're not elevating yourself, what are you doing? And I think that going back to your question about how do we, we get to the movie? Well, Chloe's the choreographer. I'm her sister. Um, <laughs> I dance too, you know, and, and it's so funny because sometimes people ask me like, oh, like, do you feel insecure? Or they insinuate. Mm. Nobody asks anything 
straight up, but they insinuate, (laughs) are you insecure? Like, do you feel like you just got this because your sister or you in this space? You know, am I like walking on eggshells because I feel like, oh, I'm here just because Chloe is my sister and like she hired me. Like, first Mm -hmm. of all, let's just talk about it. One, nepotism is a real thing because everybody utilizes nepotism. It doesn't have to be your family. It can be your friend. I I do too. Proximity. I call it was proximity. You know, you're my friend. I can get you a job. I know you. I think the problem with nepotism and why it has a bad rap is is when people get jobs they're not qualified for because mm-hmm. they're family or because they know somebody like, hey, Dana, can you run? Can you be the CEO of my um, computer tech company? And you don't even know anything about computers. That would be mm. the misuse of nepotism. But if I'm like, hey, Dana, there's this uh, choreography for this TV show. It sounds exactly up your alley. I want you to do it. That's the right way. That's networking. That's the point of your network is to utilize mm-hmm. your network. It's not abusing the situation. It's using it right. So I went with Chloe to do the movie for five weeks at the beginning. I was a part of the design team because the movie was mm-hmm. a seven-month process in Boston. And, you know, Chloe and I have our businesses and we have our foundation. And I also, I run all of those things. I'm the CEO. I'm the chief operating officer. So I run everything. If you work for us and you want to get paid, I'm writing the check. If you anything, I do all of that. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of one of those things where it's like, if I was in Boston with her for seven months working full time, everything else would fall by the wayside. Something would slip. It would slip 100%. Mm -hmm. Our foundation would slip. We have after school programs running in LA, two in Brazil. We have a lot of things going on. And um, I was like, I'm just going to do the five weeks. So I go for the five weeks. It was so much fun. Um, I'd worked on a film before with Jared Grimes and Paul Becker called Breaking Brooklyn. And that was my first time on a feature length film. Love that movie. It's great. Go watch it. It's super heartwarming. Great Christmas movie. And, um, it was Chloe's first movie. So I was also mm-hmm. going kind of like knowing something to support. to support and, and, you know, mm-hmm. Chloe was very much of the, like, of course I'm bringing my sister. We've, we've been six and everything we've done success wise we've done it together so going into my Mm -hmm. biggest project to date why wouldn't i bring my ace so i went and i Mm -hmm. helped and i a a lot of it was uh not even a lot of dancing it was a lot of like helping her ava and martha organize things put things together make sure everybody has a script make sure everybody is on the same page it's structured just Mm -hmm. making sure we're staying on task creating reference boards for things pulling references thinking of ideas i'm a very big idea person having ideas uh also Mm -hmm. having just another eye that's not making up Mm -hmm. the dances you know and i think that in that five weeks flew by it was amazing it was so much fun i learned so much too because i had never been on a film of such a big budget and you know Mm -hmm. a big studio and just the learning process and meeting all of the amazing executive producers on this film and the people that were working production and all of this stuff. Um, and I think the tools I say that got me there are one doing all of the work when I was a PA for music, rap music videos and R and B videos. When I was at Columbia, I was a PA and I would have jobs like, can you take this toothbrush and make sure we get all those little nicks out of that white wall? Because mm-hmm. we, we told these people we weren't going to nick their wall. 
Can you, after we pour diamonds, fake diamonds on this video girl in a bikini, can you pick up each diamond and you can't sweep it because then dust gets on it and we don't want to pour dust on her? Oh. And uh, me being at the feet of a woman while I'm pursuing an Ivy League education, making $100 to work a 24-hour day, and she's making maybe 5 to 10 k to work a few hours and stand there and look pretty, and doing that with joy and humility and learning how to be a part of the team. And knowing and not feeling like I'm unimportant. No, because guess what? If nobody's picking up the diamonds, the video can't get made. Mm. And I think that it's that humility that a lot of people don't understand. You see the success and you don't see the steps. Mm -hmm. You know, like I could have been like, I am at Columbia University and I'm getting an Ivy League degree. Why am I doing this for such little money? I mean, that video that I'm talking about, it was actually a 25 hour day. And I got paid $125. Girl, and I'm on my hands and knees doing this. And then, but here's the thing. Then you flip and you turn to now we're on the movie because I went back to shoot for a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, we're dancing on these platforms with water. Mm -hmm. And there's a PA who's coming between every take with a towel and wiping it down. And, And I make sure, and it's also just like, natural for me to be like, thank you so much. Thank you for working so hard because having PA'd, it is the most thankless, difficult, low paying job on set. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, the best producers, the best executive producers, the best directors were all PAs. Mm. And, and I think that that, because it's you, you understand how important it is to be a part of the team. Mm -hmm. And I think that Again, getting to this place, it's like no ego. You, there's no space or time for ego. Like I have been lucky and blessed enough to be, to have met and know some of the most legendary, most famous people in the world. None of them have ego, mm-hmm. you know, like, so like I've worked with Beyonce and you've worked with major A-list celebrities as well. And I remember the first time I worked with Beyonce, I walk in and she's like, wow, you're so beautiful. And then we were doing stuff all day and she, she came up to me and she said, thank you so much for working so hard. Mm. And, and I'm like, ah, this is, and I was 21 at the time. So I am, I'm screaming on the inside because also I had just seen the Beyonce experience tour and I was like dead fangirling, but totally professional. She was so kind and it just reminds you that it's like, her kindness is a reflection of her own personal joy. And it's like, if you're not going to be kind and be that famous, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Because you can be that famous and live in a, a bubble of anger and insecurity and despair. She's living in joy and kindness and love and and not insecurity. And so I was learning from her and Debbie Allen and, mm-hmm. you know, RIP. I got to meet the incredible Cicely Tyson before mm. she passed away. And when she was getting an honorary Oscar and just the lessons and conversations I've had with these incredible women and people, it just teaches you to be humble every step of the way. I love when you said the word despair. I did. And I was like, yes, that's what's happening out there in the world. It's just like people doing all of the right things and like being almighty and powerful, but feeling like the side of the human stick. And don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. I really, I I think you and your sister are exquisite examples of manifesting what you want in the world. And for you both, certainly from you, what it sounds like today, that's joy. 
I don't think you can dodge the other side of the emotional spectrum. I think as a human being, you will experience rejection Mm -hmm. or um, self-doubt or maybe even despair. But identifying that you have the power to create the other side of the spectrum, that is where the solid gold is at. Like, yes, I can deal with despair. I can deal with self-doubt. I can deal with frustration, confusion. And because I can deal with those things, I, I spend most of my time doing the other. Or I spend most of my time, you know, mm-hmm. processing those things, feeling those things, and then moving on to to exactly. the other side of the spectrum that I think that's what defines us yeah yeah is is how do we deal with the hard moments you know like when it rains in LA you're like ugh. but then it how much more does it make you love LA when the sunshine comes out mm. you know it's like you can't experience do you remember that song joy and pain sunshine and rain oh yes I, I, Ooh, I feel like I did across the floors to that in jazz class a lot <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yes, probably. And obviously, y'all, sorry, I can't sing. But I also, I often think about that. Like you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To compare yes. it. This is the argument. But it's like, do you wallow in this? Right. Right. <laughs> this is the argument for my belief that we will all spend our human lives in a pretty perfect bell curve of distribution of positive and negative. Because if you can think of a joyful thing, a, a perfect day on set the absence of that mm-hmm. thing would be an equal and opposite not so great feeling so i really do think this like equal 50 50 the thought that 50 50 will happen randomly and naturally is comforting to me <laughs> and knowing that yes. like i can i can change my mind at any point about whether or not a rainy day is a bad day or a good day I think of people like you. I think of people like Gene Kelly. I think of Jillian Myers. And all of a sudden, I love a rainy day. Because I'm like, someone's out there loving this rain. And that... Loving it. Or sitting at home cuddling by themselves and loving... Loving that. Whatever got canceled. Right. You know? I'm only not (laughs) loving it if I am in my car. On the 134 in particular. That's no fun. It's no fun. But I always try to magnify the positive. And I'll be like... Wow. Like when I'm on the freeway and it's raining, I'm like, tell me oh, your thoughts. Great. That means there won't be any brush fires for at least a little bit. Mm, I love you. <laughs> look at that turnaround. And I look because I once when I was driving down the 405 and I literally drove past the mm-hmm. hill on fire and I could feel the heat on my window and I was on the other side of the highway. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so scary because LA is so dry. So I always just try to magnify the positive that's me one of me and chloe's little mantras is Mm. magnify the positive like you know in in horror movies or not even horror movies in tv shows as soon as they say this couldn't get worse it's gonna get worse Mm -hmm. and so you never say this couldn't be worse and i also say that to say like because i am so joyful and fun and even seemingly carefree sometimes people tell me Sometimes people might think, oh, Mod's a pushover, Mod's a, you know, just kind of wakes up. Somebody, actually, I've got a few people that DM me and are like, are you really like this or is this fake for Instagram? Mm. I'm like, no, I'm really like this. But it it's not without work. Mm. It's it's choices. It's cutting people off who aren't kind, who aren't 
who aren't feeding that joy. It's cutting off circumstances. It's not taking jobs um, that might compromise your values or beliefs. It's, you know, stop dating the person that put you down. That's not okay. It it comes with sacrifice, hmm. but I don't even call it's, it's It's like, it comes with sacrifice that upgrades you. Hmm. But you have to sacrifice. And I think that people forget that with joy. It's just like, oh, Maj just happy. And it's like, yes, but these are choices. I mean, growing up, Chloe and I had friends being murdered. We've been to too many funerals of people under 21. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we saw people, so many friends going to prison, going to jail, facing systematic racism on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And which is why I always say joy is an act of resistance. Mm -hmm. You know, the world is trying to crush you in many ways. And it's like, nah. I'm going to be good. I'm happy. I'm going to figure this out. What can mm. I do? Who can I call to brighten my day? Mm. What can I read? Mm. Sometimes I just watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're saying right now underlines the difference between toxic positivity and positivity. Uh -huh. I think uh -huh. what you're saying is like things really are happening. It's not saying it's not looking at incarceration and being like, oh, perfect. That is great because those people are going to come out of it better and I'm going to learn from it. And it's like that's ignoring reality. That is delusional. Yeah. That is toxic positivity. And it's ignorance. Yes. Um, I think your mm -hmm. understanding of what is awful and your understanding of your ability to create joy for yourself happen in in the same body and sometimes at the same time even and that is a particular brand of positivity that I want to subscribe to because I, I have felt especially now as I'm getting into coaching work and I'm mm -hmm. you know I'm a person who's on Instagram in 2022 you're gonna see the toxic positivity and it really I yes. can like whoa, gives me cavities I, uh -huh. <laughs> my, my dad encouraged me to be a critical thinker. My, you know, my lived experience is one of a middle-class white person from the suburbs. My, the things that I've seen are the things that I've seen. The things that I've learned are the things that I've learned, but I'm committed to my own awareness of myself in relationship to the world versus I'm just going to invent the world in my head. That's the way I think it should be going. Um, yeah, because I think that's dangerous. That does, it's not as helpful as what you're explaining. It's, it's dangerous for the person doing it for their for themselves. And it's dangerous for young people because I think sometimes people are are do like the fake positivity and pretend like it's all good because they've experienced severe trauma in their life mm. and this is the way to mask it. Mm -hmm. And when you're masking it, you're not doing the work of actually trying to heal and go through it. You know, you got to go through it to get to it. <laughs> and and I think people forget the strength in vulnerability. You know, like right now on my Instagram, I'm doing this money diary. So I'm I put it up yesterday and I was like, money diary day one. And then I got all these DMs from people that are like, what is a money diary? Mm. And I'm like, I spend too much money. And so you are writing down stupid stuff. every single thing you spend. Every mm -hmm. single thing. And yesterday I, I was going to go buy a smoothie. And then I was like, I can make one at home. And that saved me like $15. Top to bottom. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, ooh, 
I don't want to have to write that down. Yes. Because that's a waste. I do do something similar with food diary or food journaling. Ooh, that's great. I don't do it constantly, but when I'm really focused on, you know, my eating and the way I feel in my body and about my body, I do. I write it down because for exactly the same reason you just said, I don't want to have to write down handful of almonds again like I did already I can actually it takes less energy for me to sit right here and not do that and yes. so I'm not gonna get up and walk I'm not gonna open the cupboard I'm not gonna eat a handful of almonds and I'm not gonna write it down and I just saved countless <laughs> countless what is it I guess calories, calories or k down. calories or whatever but I I think I think that type of journaling is very valuable it, because, again, it's awareness. It's awareness, and then it's also it's the remembering that you get to choose. And so much of that yes. type of mindless spending or, in some cases, eating comes just by default. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, that's what I do. I get a Starbucks in the morning. And you think that's normal. Yeah, or I'm bored, I'll eat. I'm bored, I'll eat. Think about how much bored eating you do. Mm-hmm. Not in January, my friend. I am wrapping it up. The emotional eating, the bored eating, no thank you. I am here for a life that is way more exciting than my food. That is what I'm about. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're here for a life that's more exciting than spending money because when you get to make stuff, it's also, let's be real, there are a few examples that are exceptions, but it's better. My smoothie yesterday was bomb, and then I made another one today. And I'm like, I'm good at this. I mean, you know, I also like to toot my own horn, which I think is extremely important to do. Yes, like, Maude. To celebrate little wins. Maude. I was like, this is bomb. Yes. I was like, this is delicious. Do you know that that <laughs> on the podcast, I start every episode with wins? I love that. This it's very so interview will actually be following a win. And I don't even know what that win is yet because I haven't recorded the opening of this podcast. Um, I love that you're celebrating fabulous smoothies and a money diary. I think everybody should go check on your Instagram page. I'm very curious to see the type of spending. And that's inspiring. And I'm going to post what I spent. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just started it yesterday. I'm going to post at the end of the week. I'm going to do the seven days. Mm -hmm. I'm going to post everything that I spent. And then I'm going to challenge people if they want to join me Mm -hmm. on the money diary. Because also I want to write, like if I'm embarrassed to to show what I'm spending, then I shouldn't be spending it because the reality is, is right now it's like, I don't want to do any frivolous spending. And I also think it's super important. I got this idea, by the way, from Refinery29 Money Diaries. Mm. And I started noticing in these people's uh, money diaries that a lot of the people who made good money budgeted between $100 and $500 a month to giving back, to donating to a cause. And I donate money so much to so many things, but I don't track it. Hmm. And so I'm like, you know what? I only track it at the end of the year when I'm like doing my Mm write-offs. But I'm like, you know what? I want to start because if I'm wasting money, let's say $100 a month on smoothies that I could be making at home, I'd rather take that $100 and give it to a cause. Yes. So it's not even about like, I can't afford these things. It's like redistributing Mm. how I'm spending my money. Mm. And focusing more on saving because, you know, the reality is, is that I could be saving more Mm. and why not save? I have mortgages. I could be putting them down money on the principal. Let's talk about mortgages, plural. 
Hell yes, Maude Arnold. <laughs> I'm so impressed by you. And I, I love, I, I wanted to talk about kind of goal cultivation and the way that you make things happen for yourself. And what we're talking about now is exactly that. Lifestyle changes, like keeping a money diary, mm-hmm. which might not be natural right now, is mm-hmm. really not a big shift. We're not talking about like running seven miles a day. We're not talking about <laughs> white knuckle gripping yourself through something you hate doing so that you can have a six pack abs at the end or or, or $50,000 in the bank at the end. It's like practical changes, mindful mm-hmm. shifts that are like, ooh, I could be, sp- I, I spend a lot in these areas and a lot relative to maybe mm-hmm. past self or a lot relative yes. to um, future people. I think this is another a misconception that keeps middle class people middle class is thinking that very wealthy people spend a lot of money all the time. Um, they don't. It's the wealthiest people I know eat at home. They eat at home, or they say <laughs> like, you know, we'll give a budget for something. Like, yes, you can spend this uh-huh. amount of money, and I bet that relative to the amount of money they have. <laughs> That number it's is lower than the amount of money. Tiny. Like I see, even... I see some fellow dance types buying these mm-hmm. cars and these shoes yep. and these purses mm-hmm. and these like nails and hairs and and yeah. I don't know how much people make. I've always been fascinated though. So actually, Mod, we're probably gonna have to have you come back for Money March or do an Instagram live together on your oh, Mod. I love Money March because I have a whole. I have a whole uh, theory about that. Mm. And I actually call it, this is really inappropriate, but it's okay because guess what? Everybody's on Instagram and everything now. So I can say it. I call it stripper money mentality. Mm. Tell me more. Well, I booked booked this job that paid $500. I can go now and spend that on shoes Mm. and my nails, Mm. which I didn't realize that people were spending... Upwards of two hundred dollars on these fake my, nails. I had no oh idea. My, it's a thing. I had no idea. Oh, it's a it is thing. insane it's to me. A, well, and, and when you look like, at the whoa. amount of work and craftsmanship and like materials and time, yes, it takes they should, time. It, they should I'm, get paid. I'm not saying those nails are poorly valued. Valued? Poorly? Mm, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Valued. valued. But what I am saying is like I don't know. But like I'm seeing people with new nails often and yes like i I didn't know it was so expensive oh my god and i think here's the thing is that i'm all about like do things like spend money invest in your joy and invest in things that make you feel good and i am chloe will call me a shopaholic any day all my friends will be like ma be shopping (laughs) i have i have four closets full of clothes like let me not pretend (laughs) but i also am at a place now where i don't shop as much and I give away so many clothes. Everybody will tell you. Like I have, I also love sneakers. Mm. But I remember I saw Melody Asani like maybe like eight years ago. And she's a designer. She's friends with Chloe. And she had just come up with these shoes that were $200. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, Melody, I love those shoes. I was actually at an event at like at her store. And I was like, the shoes are so cute. I was like, they're so dope. Congrats. And I was like, I wanted to buy them, but. I'm saving money to buy an apartment right now, so I can't buy them. And she said, "Girl, don't buy my shoes. Buy your apartment." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is the oh, this is the woman who, whose shoes it is, and she understood and saw the value in investing 
and saving. So again, it's about sacrifices. Like you sacrifice for joy, mm -hmm. but back to my stripper mentality. I was just like, going to bring it back. I feel like, sorry, I had to bring it back. So like strippers can make a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. They can. Some also don't make any money also, which is everybody. Everybody's now, focusing like, on this. Strippers are rich. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, and a lot of them aren't, but they're stuck in a cycle. Because if you can make $2,000 a night, you might go spend that 2000 the next day because you say, well, I'm going to make it again tonight. Mm -hmm. But that's not sustainable because then that means you have $0 at the end of each day. And what if you break Negative your ankle zero or you have the flu? When you get to the end of the year and you have to pay taxes. And you have to pay taxes because you 1099 because you're a gigger and the government is going to the IRS going to come for that cash, okay? Because if you have high value items, nice car, nice house, they're going to say, well, where's all the money? Mm -hmm. How did you get this? Mm -hmm. Where? How do you prove this? Which is also why, you know, for anybody listening, if you realize now you can't deposit cash into other people's bank accounts anymore, hmm. you have to, because they have to be able to track all of the money because there was like so much money laundering. Oof, but anyways, yikes. I call that the stripper money mentality of like, oh, I made this today. I can make it back again next week or tomorrow on the next job. I'm gonna spend it all. Mm -hmm. And there's no looking forward at the future. It's like, do you want to buy property? Do you want to go on vacation? Mm -hmm. Do you have money for a rainy day? Do you have, you know, if even if your career is like booming, God forbid you get injured. God forbid you have to go home and take care of a family member or or coronavirus happens again and everything you lose <laughs> and all buy your gigs. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I call it. And I think that I fell into that trap when I was living in New York after I graduated from college and I was teaching dance at dance studios and I was making great money mm -hmm. and I was just spending money in New York. Like I was balling. Ooh, it's so easy. And it was because in that city, <laughs> it's so easy. And New York is the easiest. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, I'm no, I'm gonna make that next week. I'm gonna make that next mm -hmm. week. And then at the end of the year, my mom was like, you owe money in taxes. Where's that money? I'm like, eh. So now my mom always says, pay yourself first, 30% mm. of everything you make. Um, speaking of which, and we can actually talk about this in March, money, March, Chloe and I are investors in a financial app, FinTech app called Able that helps 1099ers and giggers plan Ooh. for their taxes. It links to your bank account. It tells you, so every time, so let's say you signed up and you got a deposit for $10,000 from a gig. I paid you $10,000. You get the deposit. It's going to say, hey, Dana, you just got a $10,000 deposit from Chloe and Mod Productions. Is this work or was this a gift? And you can say it's work. And then they're going to say, all right, great. Do you want us to transfer the mm -hmm. $3,500 to emergency fund, 10% to the tax fund, 30% uh -huh. to uh, retirement? Exactly. Yes. And then it'll do it for you and it'll even pay your quarterlies for you. Oh, that's the part. Okay. So... We'll we'll reserve this conversation for later. Okay. <laughs> but the whole quarterly thing, I'm like, listen. I hate it. I hate the IRS. Maude, I, I I'm a sensible person, right? <laughs> I've spent this entire episode talking about awareness and choosing my feelings. But let me tell you what, I believe in my bones that taxes, not my thoughts, but taxes make me angry. And so I'm like, oh, why I would I ever them. do that four times per year when I could just do it once? <laughs> and every year. It's awful. And I'm going oh, to my tax preparer right after this podcast. Perfect. Good. Well, bring a lot of questions for me. I ask every year. I'm like, do I really have to do it that way? Can I, can't I just do it once per year? 
And every time I get some wish-washy answer, it's like, well, you really should. It doesn't really change things. So I'm like, well, then I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And then every year I wish I had, I and every year they ask if I did, and now I'm having a meltdown. I'm having a temper tantrum four times a year. Because you get that, and you're like, oh, you get that 20000 bill, and it feels a little different mm-hmm. than having broken it up at $5,000 bills four times. Right. But, but I, I think... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm actually good at shaving off percentages off of my income and and dispersing them like into accounts. Good at that. I'm very good at that. And so I feel like, but that's so unique. You know that you're like the 1% of 1%. I might be, but I, I got this from kind of a <laughs> shameful piece of me, which is my entire mentality about money until I was like 22 when I was trying to buy a house was mm-hmm. work really hard and pretend like you're broke. That was it. I had no other strategy uh-huh. at all. And so then it's not a bad strategy. It's not a bad strategy, but it's not going to make you a millionaire, which is like it's, it's so <laughs> I found a book. It's called The Money Book. I've, I talk about it during Money March a lot, and it's specifically for independent contractors, people who are self-employed. Mm-hmm. And the the holy trinity, they call it, is this notion of a retirement account, an emergency account and then a tax account three different high interest yield savings accounts, preferably at a bank that doesn't even have a storefront, some e-bank somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't even be going in and <laughs> pull, taking money out. Oh, I cut up I cut up ATM cards for, for accounts like Google. that. Yes, that just disappears. <laughs> and it disappear. is earning hundreds of dollars in interest per year. And when I get paid, mm-hmm. I, I just shave off percentages and throw it in there. So I do have money when the tax man comes once a year. I don't want to do it four times a year. I'm having a tantrum. <laughs> so anyways. I hate it. The, I feel like I'm we getting robbed every every time. This and is we live in California. Anger, like, so people would argue that we actually are getting robbed. <laughs> we are. But every time like I hit a pothole, I'm like, why the hell am I paying taxes? Mm-hmm. Or like every time I go to one of the schools that we have an after school program in and they don't have books and good resources, I'm like, why the hell am I paying taxes? And that's what pisses me off. Mm-hmm. But then it's just, it is a, it's a part of living here, mm-hmm. living in the States. Like we've chosen to live in California, which is one of the most expensive places, high tax mm-hmm. places to live. But it's like, I also love being able to drive to the beach. I love that I live 15 minutes right. from CBS studios for work. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, I love that. I go to Irwan and I see, one of my favorite TV show writers, and I can say, "Hey, mm-hmm. you're an inspiration," and you know, all of those things are fueling to me. They and then me you can joy. walk out of Erewhon and go make your own smoothie <laughs> instead of buying a fifteen dollar exactly. one. <laughs> you just walk in, just to, just just for like the social part. <laughs> Literally, I was like, sometimes, and I oh gosh, I love that place, but oh, well, it's it's I insane. My, no, it's insane. Oh, it's, it's actually, it's, I mean, it's Prada. Yeah, it's Prada. It's Prada of groceries. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll take that. And sometimes (laughs) that works. I remember... It does. I remember buying my first pair of, like, grown-up heels. (laughs) I bought Manolo Blahniks after after my first tour. And I prepared myself for what would happen at the till. (laughs) They would say a number, I would give my credit card, and then I would have that many dollars less dollars. 
But what I did not prepare myself for was the way that I felt when I saw myself uh-huh. in those shoes. I mean, and knowing that you bought them, and they were they were yeah, I did that. You bought them. Yeah. Your mom didn't buy them. A man didn't, didn't buy them for you. Mm-hmm. You bought them. It was a tremendous feeling. I felt it when I bought my first actual art, like art. Oh yes. And my yes. house, of course. And it is that is absolutely worth saying no to a this or saying no to a that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hope that everyone listening gets to feel that for themselves to think of something that they think is spectacular, to work towards yes. it, to earn it, and then to have it. It is a tremendous feeling. Um, and this app, say, really say the name of the app one more time, because I, I hope it sounds so it's helpful. Able. Able. A-B-L-E. Okay, we're, yeah. we're going to have to return able.com. to you we and Chloe to. for Money March. This is so exciting. Um, we didn't get to really wrap up this idea about the film but from the sounds of it you landed in um a recipe of preparedness and like-minded folks who have a similar goal and kind of similar values of and ways of working along the way um like this kind of zoom out idea people who are able to step back and look at a big picture and yet will pick up the diamonds with their bare hands because they understand Mm -hmm. the fine details really, really matter. And I think that that applies to what we see on the screen, but also the way that we conduct a rehearsal. Like fine tooth details matter. Absolutely. And also the big picture really matters. Are people feeling cared for? It matters. Are people feeling heard? Are, you know, is is there water here? (laughs) Like there- I I also think it's- important to know your place when you go into anything and that's not to be like you know know your place in a condescending way but know your place it's extremely helpful so it's like if you're going on this movie and your name is not one or two or three on the call sheet you have to understand you're not the star and that's okay be excited that you're part of something that's great and if that doesn't make you excited, then you should walk away from the project. Because the reality is, is that number one, two, and three on the call sheet were number 28, 55, and 75 at some point as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that people also, especially for any dancers that want to work in film or television, it is such a collaborative process. It is truly collaboration. It's, it's if, if one link is weak, then the whole the whole ship can crash, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, saw, I heard this great analogy the other day. It was about a boat. And it said, uh, if you're on a cruise ship and one person decided to uh, put a hole in their room because they wanted water, you can't. they can't say, well, it's my room. I just wanted water in my room. It will sink the whole ship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you look at the whole picture? And I also am a strong believer in like really assess a job. Don't just get excited like, oh my God, um, Tina Turner asked me on tour and it's for a year in Eastern Europe. You have to say, okay, how do I feel about being away from my family for a year? How do I feel about Eastern Europe? What is the pay? How do I feel? Does this artist inspire me enough to be with them for a whole year to do this? 
By the way, if Tina Turner called me to do a year anywhere in the world, I'd go. Just, just saying. Just so everyone is clear. But, but there are artists that I would be like, no, I don't want to be in a room with them for 20 minutes. Their music doesn't inspire me. Mm-hmm. It makes me unhappy. It disrespects women. Or I don't like it. You mm-hmm. know, and that's okay to say. And it's important to have that discernment. But I would say the success and, you know, getting to that place is humility. It's training. And it's showing up and being present. Like if you, you know, love Ava Bernstein's choreography and you want to get to know her, go to her class. Don't, you know, say, hey, I would love to do skeleton crew for you one day if you're just working on something. And don't say, and then if she calls you and says, hey, do you want to come in? We're doing skeleton crew. Don't let the first question or even thought be, am I getting paid for this? Because now you're doing it for the wrong reasons. What should the first and question or thought be in your mind as this the scenario first plays that- out? Oh, if I'm like a big Ava fan yeah. and she calls me and I've told her, yeah. oh my God, I'm so excited. What time and where? Hmm. Do you need me to bring anything? That's the question. Maybe she needs you to come take notes. Maybe she needs you to have your laptop to cut some music. The question for me when I'm looking, seeking mentorship is how can I contribute to this situation? Do you need me to bring anything? Do you have waters for everybody? I can pick them up. Be helpful. Be an asset. How can you contribute? It takes $5. You know, it's a thought. And so I think so many people are like, I deserve, I deserve. And I think social media has uh, made us think like instant gratification mm-hmm. and like instant I deserve mm-hmm. and this entitlement. And it's like, you ain't entitled to nada. Nobody is. Every breath we take is a, is, is a blessing and we're lucky to take each breath. We're not entitled to anything. People are dying at this moment right now. So it's like, Approaching it with gratitude and how can I elevate this situation with the skill set that I have? I'm not going to say, Ava, I can cut music if I don't know how to do it. But I can say, hey, Ava, I can take great notes for you and I'm really good at Excel. Mm. These are my skills. How can I help you with this? Mm -hmm. And do you expect in this hypothetical situation Mm -hmm. future work? Do you expect, would you hope for monetary exchange at some point? What is like, help me understand this, because we're also talking actual dollar bills and right. people on the come up ain't going to get far up without at some point receiving money. Yes. So how does Absolutely. that moment in, in this in this like offering of self and of talent and of time mm-hmm. and of in some cases, actual money mm-hmm. in your mind, where does the switch happen? Is it? Yeah, period. I think the switch, I think here's what, I think um, you don't, you cannot ever grow from a place of desperation. So you also should not be going into this, let's say Ava. I love that we're using Ava. As I do too. This I, Ava skeleton. I'm not going to lie. Look at this. Look her. at this. This is what's happening right now. This in my podcast booth is a photo of Ava and oh, I at my 21st birthday. I, I actually know that photo. It's blurry right now. Mm-hmm. But I know that photo that she's talking about because I've seen it on the internet. I love this. Um, yeah, I've she, seen the photo of the photo. She's a person that I love to talk to about all the things. The and so I, I put her in here because when I talk to her, she asks good questions and I respond honestly. And so she's my reminder of that. Um, carry on. Ava's carry on. ethics are oh. 150%. You want to talk, Tops. you want to have a, you have an ethic question. Tops. You call Ava, you call Mama Shula. Yes, Shula. Because they going to keep oh my it God. 100 with you. 
and they're gonna they're ethical. Yo. They're they're gonna be able to take themselves out of the situation and say this is right and this is wrong. Can we sidestep for you a know, Shula story are... real quick? Oh, Shula is the greatest. Everybody, Shula is Ava's mother. Shula is <laughs> Shula is Ava's mom. The silver haired goddess. Oh, she's a dream. And once she <laughs> and one day one day in true like high school fashion, even though Ava and I were well into our twenties. Um, Shula and Papa Doc drove us to the mall <laughs> where we were going to like do some shopping, get our eyebrows threaded. I don't know. This was during a break in the Future Sex Love Show tour and neither Ava or oh. I had a place to live. Like we got rid of our apartments to go on tour and I don't even remember. Did I have a car? I don't think. Anyways, we got a ride to the mall. I got my eyebrows done. They picked us up and we sat in the back seat, and it was nighttime and um, I was like, Shula, I got my eyebrows done. What do you think? And she curved around the side of her seat, <laughs> looked at my face, and turned around without saying a single word. No! <laughs> she said... She didn't want to ruin your life. She didn't. And so she just didn't say anything. So honest. I... I cannot They're tell the you. Greatest barometer of like, I just, I love them. I love that whole family. Okay. I love so everyone. the honesty. The we're best. back. You get, you get the real thing. Okay. And that's why we're using Ava because she's Sorry. the real thing. We're using Ava. So let's say, okay. So let's say I go and I, of course, you, it's okay to be hopeful that this person will hire you one day. But it cannot be the only motivation. Because also you have to see what you're getting. You're getting, even if you're going to do skeleton crew, right? Let's say you're a new dancer in LA. You're going to do skeleton crew for Ava for maybe just an idea she has. She just wants to work some things out in a studio. And you're not getting paid. You're getting free training. You're getting a class. She's getting to know you as a dancer. You're getting a private class. And you're getting to know her as a choreographer and as a teacher. And that is priceless. Well, of course, you could pay hundreds or thousands of dollars to get that one-on-one time with said choreographer. I also think it's really important for young people and dancers, you don't have to be young, is to have money um, so you're not desperate. So whether that means, I mean, let me tell you, I have had every job, every job. I've had a job since I was eight years old. I sweep hair at a barbershop in DC. I have worked at the mall. I have babysat. I have tutored. I have um, been a driver for somebody who broke their leg in LA. I have organized closets. I have organized computers. I have done every job you can think of. Guess who has never been broke? Yours truly. I have cocktail waitress. I have waitress. I have no problem and no ego working because I will never go into a situation desperate because that's how you get bitter and that's how you get angry. Like, I can't believe I did that three-hour session with Ava and then she hired for that TV show and she didn't call me for that show. Well, you don't know the people who have maybe put in 10 to 15 hours who maybe she's known for 10 years and maybe she thought of you for the next job or maybe you were too short for the director and they didn't like how you looked. And that is why you can't be desperate, you can't be bitter, and you can't assume. Because even if you were like hurt by it, the best thing to do is to call Ava and say, hey, Ava, I saw you did the thing. I know I wasn't cast. What can I work on for the future? What was it? Mm-hmm. What what? Where am I lacking? Because then you might even just find out. Oh, you're not you're, lacking. You're black, you're and they wanted a right. white girl. <laughs> right, you're not white. Right. And then you're like, oh, cool. 
whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And I think that people go in with too much entitlement and expectation mm-hmm. of monetary things. And of course we got to make money and you, you got to get your money straight. But a lot of this is give and take. It is, it is art, but even in business, I had internships when I did all the, when I worked in the office for the music video directors, I was interning for free, you know, and as an adult now who has a, their own business, I always pay people like, unless you're in high school, but I, you always get something you're, you're mm-hmm. going to get free tap classes, a you're trade swap or something, your time. Mm-hmm. there's a trade. Um, but if you're an adult and you're doing something with me, you're going to get paid because I do value your time. And I am in a place where I can pay you. And if I can't pay you, I'm gonna keep it real and be like, look, I can't pay you. I could feed you. I'll give you some free dance classes. Mm-hmm. You want some clothes? I got some clothes in the closet. I can help you with the, I can help you. And I think, Again, it, it's like, how can I be an asset and not just a taker from this? Because at the end of the day, if you're like an up-and-coming dancer, you are benefiting more from being in a space with Ava than Ava is getting from you. Let's keep it 100. Like, if you're an up-and-coming singer, if you get to be in a studio with Beyonce, you're learning. <laughs> you know? You're, you're getting a master class for free. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's like, show up early. Be the person that's reliable. Be the person that brings en- great energy to the room. And so I think all of that is what culminates to being able to book a TV show, being able to book a movie. Also, know that every choreographer, every choreographer, all the choreographers know each other. And you might be bitter talking bad about somebody to your fellow dancer, and they might be choreographing the next job. And they're going to remember like, ooh, they were talking trash about the choreographer. Mm, don't want to have them because they might talk trash about me. So it's yeah. also like, think about who are your peers because your peers will be elevating as well. Mm. In a perfect world. <laughs> yes. And when you surround yourself with peers like you and like Chloe, then yes, absolutely. Ah, oh, Maude, you <laughs> just you. filled my sunshine mug. <laughs> Thank you. If I go back and I see one, I'll pick one up for you. Um, please do, because I have been, I will. I have been told, I've been called a joy machine. I have been called you are. the sun, a ray of sunshine. You're amazing. I, I've always told Chloe, thank I you, love Dana. I, know, I don't even know her that well. Yo, I feel the <laughs> I same about her. you. And I, every time I talk to Chloe, I'm always like, yo, tell me this. Would you die without Maude? Like, what exactly is the dynamic there? Are you one person? Are you a separated thing? Like, I, I have a lot of questions, too, about the business and how working with family is a very specific thing. Um, but mm-hmm. let's... I I really, truly, I love talking to you. I could talk to you for a very long time. I really, truly This could be part one, girl. This is part one. I I do think (laughs) having you you and Chloe back together would be so much fun. It'll complicate even further (laughs) scheduling, but it is worth it. Oh. I'm all... Listen, I will annoy someone trying to schedule a thing. Chloe walked in here while we were on here. And looked at me and then quietly walked oh, back out. God, I love that. <laughs> I love that. She knows. Um, okay. So we're calling this part one. Um, we're going to yeah. talk more money and more mindset later down the road. But thank you. Thank you so much for these gifts. Um, thank for, you, Dana. For your wisdom and you're your so amazing. <laughs> Likewise, you're my friend. You're such a... No, you're amazing. And, and just the way that like you two have like looked out for my sister and you know being on in in the heights and all that stuff and I just always find your joy and your kindness and your groundedness 
you know, like how you said you do the accounts, you're the only person I know who does that. Mm. Um, who's in our, in our industry. Like I'm definitely not that organized, which is why I use that app able. Thank God for that because I, I don't have that capacity, <laughs> but you're amazing. Thank you. And I'm so happy that you have this podcast because you're really helping the next generation of dancers because it is a privilege. It is, we are both in very privileged positions of, you know, being able to text Chloe or text Tony Testa mm -hmm. or text mm -hmm. Jolie and Terry who are all, or text Ava and have a dialogue or Jared Grimes and have this. And a lot of people don't have that. And, and the industry is a very like mystical, weird Ooh, yes. kind of ever changing space. Mm -hmm. And if you're on the outside of it, it can feel very scary. Mm -hmm. And then you, and then also people tend to magnify negative. So mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, Hollywood is fake. And I'm like, I have some of the most amazing people I know work in Hollywood. Hollywood's not fake, you know? And, and I think you're, you're kind of pulling back that curtain. So mm -hmm. kudos to you. Thank you, my friend. I really, really appreciate that. It is my duty and my nature to share. <laughs> I really think I love it. I re people say sharing is caring, and I think that that is true. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that, then you don't have to listen to my podcast. <laughs> you don't have to listen that's great. And, and go that's be alone on your own island. Yeah, that's great. Totally fine for it's me. It's like when you're when you're selfish, you don't grow. I believe in that. Like think about when you even when you the act of opening your arms to give a hug, you're welcome. You're welcoming so much goodness. Mm into the your ether you can't see my arms but i'm opening my arms and you're you're welcoming you're not only you know going in for that love with that one person but you're pulling in all the other love around you mm -hmm. and it's like you can't hug somebody like this yo and this is beautiful i love this analogy let's close here you are exposing your soft parts i had a very i had a great ballet teacher explain that part of the beauty in ballet and the vulnerability in ballet is that the positioning exposes your soft skin, the inside of the thigh, mm -hmm. the side of the neck, the underside of the arms. And when you open to hug someone, you are exposing yourself, but you also are getting bigger. You are actively, yeah. actually, physically growing when you open to embrace, like when you open to give someone a hug. This is what I'm talking about. I'm writing it down. Come I'm on. taking notes, y'all. For anybody listening to the podcast, I've been taking notes. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been taking notes on things you have been saying. Chloe does this too. I love it. Chloe's forever <laughs> stealing the notepads that they give us to judge. And she's like yes. still clutching it, writing stuff down as we're walking back to our room. And you are the same. No, okay, I'm this. going to quote you on Twitter. Let's go. When you open up to give a hug, you get bigger. You get you bigger. Do. Love makes you big. Hate makes you small. The end. It's true. The end. The end. The end. Thank you so much, Maude. I adore you. I will talk to you very soon. I love you. I love you back. Bye. Well, my friend, what do you think? I think <laughs> that I would like to apologize for my temper tantrum, my meltdown about quarterly taxes. And I vow, right here and right now, to solve that riddle for good this year. This is the year I will file quarterly and be confident in my decision to do so. Confident does not mean happy. I want to point that out. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna, well, actually, I take it back. I'm going to either file quarterly confidently or not file quarterly confidently. 
Either way, I'm just going to fully commit and be confident in my decision to file quarterly or not. There you have it. I'm just going to do it. Okay. I am super stoked to have both Chloe and Maude weighing back in for Money March this year. And I'm so grateful for Maude's insights on optimism and the important difference between the bright side and toxic positivity. For me... This episode made being the boss of your life feel easy and fun, and I hope it did the same for you. Now, if you'll forgive me, I have some thank you cards to write. Or better yet, I have to go find someone with lovely handwriting to go write some thank you cards for me. Now, keep it funky, (laughs) y'all. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was produced by me with the help of many. Music by Max Winnie, logo and brand design by Bree Reitz, and a big thanks to Riley Higgins, our executive assistant and editor. And also a massive thanks to you, the mover, who is no stranger to taking action. I will not stand in the way of you taking action. I will not, cannot stop you from downloading episodes or leaving a review and a rating. I cannot keep you from visiting thedanawilson.com to join our mailing list. I will not ban you from my online store for spending your hard-earned money on the cool merch and awesome programs that await you there. And of course, if you want to talk with me, work with me, and make moves with the rest of the Words That Move Me community, I will 100% not stop you. Visit thedanawilson.com to become a member and get a peek at everything else I do that is not a weekly podcast. Keep it funky, everyone.